60 seconds live. Stand by. Loading one, two, and effects two. Step it out now. We're live in 60. Broussard trying to stagger free. Meanwhile, it's played along to him. Centering pass. Flagged down by Green. Played into traffic, though. Starting back up with it now is Martinez in a three-on-two. Centering gave it across. It's held in a shot. everyone and welcome to the scoop talk show with your host sean harris right here on yellow jacket network yes today is wednesday another wednesday is gone another wednesday has come around like certain l john said and you are tuned in and locked to the scoop talk show right here on yellow jacket network the scoop talk show is simultaneously being broadcast and we're growing y'all we're just now reaching 36 countries, 50 cities, and 30 languages worldwide right here on the network. And it is powered by WordPress and Simplecast. You can now download, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Simplecast, Spotify, YouTube, and right here on Yellow Jacket Network. You can follow, like, subscribe, and rate the Scoop Talk Show on Facebook. Instagram up the, under the real Sean Harris, that's the real S-H-A-W-N Harris. And it shows Twitter pages at YJ Media, that's capital Y, capital J, capital Media, all spelled out. Capital K, little A, capital Z, little double O, and Cesar 19. Cesar spelled in small letters, C-E-Z-A-A-R 19. So please, go to the show's Facebook page, leave a comment, give us a rating, tell us what we're doing with the show, tell us how you like it, how we can make improvements to the show if you don't like what we're doing on the show, and we'll make those adjustments just for you. So please, go rate the Scoop Talk Show on Facebook, on the show's Facebook page, at the Scoop Talk Show. The Scoop Talk Show is also brought to you by the following sponsors, WMU, Go Broncos. OMG Sweets. OMG Sweets has everything you need to sweeten that sweet tooth of yours from cookies to cakes to cupcakes to pies. She has it all. She also does private catering for all occasions. So if you have an event around the corner or down the road, she got you covered. You can contact her, follow, and place an order on her Facebook and Instagram pages at OMG Sweets. That's double O-H-E-M-M-G-E-E. Sweets, OMG Sweets, oh, what a heavenly treat. Stay Glassy Smoke Shop, located near WMU University on KL, provides all you need for your smoking needs. They has the best deals from e-liquids to vapes to hookahs to CBDs to glass pipes and much more. For special weekly deals, follow and like this Facebook and Instagram pages at Stay Glassy Kalamazoo. Go see Guri today. Kazoo Coney, located at the Bernhardt Center of Western Michigan University's campus, has great food from breakfast to lunch on the menu. So if you're coming to visit Kalamazoo or happen to live in Kazoo, drop in and visit Kazoo Coney. Great food, great service, great staff. Kazoo Coney, home away from home. Residents in Kalamazoo Marriott provides everything you need for a getaway stay. Visiting Kalamazoo with luxurious and spacious king-queen penthouses, double full-size suites, Full kitchens complete with microwave, coffee maker, dishes, and cutlery. Complete service by housekeeping staff. Complimentary breakfast each and every day. And free Wi-Fi in every room. And a great staff to help with anything you need during your stay. 
Residence in Kalamazoo Marriott. And our new sponsor, let's give it up for our newest sponsor, y'all, Jerry's Girls Organization, is designed not only to inspire, but designed to change the lives of each and every young woman and girl of all ages. She offers programs to enable them to be self-sufficient, independent, and can believe in themselves more than they can even imagine. Jerry Girls Organization, thank you so much for joining the Scoop Talk Show as a sponsor. We have a jam-packed hour for y'all today. We're going to jump off into some NCAA men's football. Yes, breaking news that happened on Tuesday with the, the resignation of Mark D'Antonio. Nobody saw this in Spartanland coming, but we're going to have that for you at the top of the hour, as well as we're going to be talking about the Pistons and the situation leading up to the deadline and why I feel that teams like Phoenix and others should not be looking at Luke Kennard but should be focusing on their value of trying to get rid of Derrick Rose, who is playing exceptionally well this season, as well as Andre Drummond. And also, we're going to be talking about the Lions. Yes, the Lions. They had a debacle season last year, but with the NBA draft coming up real soon, will they or will they not go after Tua from Alabama? We're going to discuss a little bit and talk about that as well. And also, since it is Black History Month, we're going to get into, yes, a new Tiger will now be placed in the Negro League Baseball Museum and we're going to tell you who that is and talk a little bit about him. So keep the dial locked. Don't move anywhere unless you got to go use the bathroom or get you something to drink or whatever the case may be. But keep it locked right here on the Scoop Talk Show with your host Sean Harris right here on Yellow Jacket Network. Happy Black History Month to everyone. We'll be right back. Sean Harris here, host of the Scoop Talk Show. Have you ever wondered about going to the store or something like that and you just not quite satisfied with what they have in the grocery stores or bakeries to satisfy that sweet tooth of yours? Well, I have the answer. Yes. OMG Sweets. Yes. OMG Sweets will provide everything you need for that sweet tooth of yours from anywhere from cakes to pies to different types of pastries to cupcakes, even handmade candy. Baked fresh and ready to order for your enjoyment. Yes, OMG Sweets provides everything you need to sweeten that sweet tooth of yours. You can find her on her Facebook page and also on Instagram at OMG Sweets. And also, did I forget to mention something? She also does personal catering to provide you with everything you need for a certain occasion of yours that you may have coming up or you're planning months ahead. Yes, OMG Sweets. You can contact her once again on her Instagram page and her Facebook page at OMG Sweets. That's double O-H-E-M-M-G-E-E Sweets. OMG Sweets. Oh, what a heavenly treat. Place your order today.
I'd be named head coach today rather than uh, I guess everybody's here just like they were when I first came in 13 years ago. I thought the first thing I'd do is um, read our statement, read my statement, um, one that I really crafted last week on an airplane uh, as I went from place to place throughout the entire week. Uh, but I think that I want to read it because I wanted you to understand and feel the sincerity of this of this letter. Today marks one of the most difficult decisions that I've ever made here at Michigan State. I'd first like to thank our fans, alumni, our administration, both past and present, and especially our current and past players and coaches for all their support, hard work, and dedication over these last 13 years. You have truly helped make my dreams come true. I mean that in every sense of the word. Every February since 2007, I have reset this program in preparation for, for the next year's challenges. After much reflection, discussion, and prayer with my family, I feel that now is the time for change as we enter into a new decade of Michigan State football. I told our players on many occasions that Michigan State is bigger than any one person. It's the program that's so important. Someday there will be someone else here talking to you from this podium. That day has come. This job has always been a 24-7, 365-day-a-week-a-year position. There's no downtime in it, not any whatsoever. It is filled with the demands and challenges of managing games, players, coaches, recruits, donors, staff, media, and enthusiastic fan base and competition at the very highest level. I will miss all of it, but feel the sacrifices that I have made away from my family must now become my priority at this time in my life. My plan is to stay on within the university and athletic department in a role involving special projects, especially transitioning our players, both current and incoming, to their next challenges. It has truly been an honor and a privilege to serve as the head coach at Michigan State Football, I'm truly still humbled by that aspect. I will forever be a Spartan. And I want to thank everybody at Michigan State for all that they have done for the D'Antonio family. Let's start with NCAA men's football. Yes, Michigan State. Mark D'Antoni has announced his retirement on Tuesday. Yes, he did. Breaking story all over the place on Tuesday. He made it official with his press conference later on that evening. And he's done. That's right. He's done at Michigan State. He ended 2019 at 7-6 with a pinstripe bowl win in New York City. But all the debacle that happened with the Larry Nassar scandal and everything else that happened at Michigan State was maybe just maybe a little bit too much for D'Antoni to swallow. So, Mark D'Antonio has decided to call it a career after 13 seasons. He finished overall with Michigan State at 117 and 57. Excuse me, 114 and 57. And his three years in Cincinnati which gave him a grand total overall of 13, uh, 16 years coaching football from 2004 to 2019. He finished with them 18-17, giving Cincinnati a bowl berth back in 2004, winning the Fort Worth, Fort Worth Bowl. And then when he got to Michigan State in 07, he lost the Champ Sports Bowl. Capital One Bowl the following year in 08. He lost the Alamo Bowl in 2009. He lost the Capital Bowl again in 2010. So that was four straight losing seasons of bowl games with Michigan State early on in his career, even though they went 11-2 and that year. Then things started to turn around for D'Antonio and the Spartans. Started winning big games against... Mark Tressel, I mean Jim Tressel of Ohio State, big wins against Purdue, big wins against Penn State. Wrapping up big wins after big wins in the Big Ten Conference in 2011, 
finish it almost with the same identical record, at, but he was 11-3 and three this time. They went to the Outback Bowl, and they won. He won the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl in 2012 at 7-6. and six. He slumped back down. 2013, things picked back up. They went 13-1. and one. They won the Rose Bowl, which is to me by far his biggest achievement representing the Spartans was when they won that Rose Bowl back in 2013, and they went 13-1. and one. 2014, he won the Cotton Bowl. They won 11 and 2. 2015, they went 12 and 2. Didn't make a bowl game, which was odd and surprising to a lot of people that year. Then he took a big dive in 2016. He went 3 and 9. Didn't make the bowl, and that's when things started getting a little rocky for D'Antonio. Following season 2017, they went 10 and 3. They won the Holiday Bowl. After a hiatus the following year, coming off of winning four straight bowls, including the Rose Bowl. 2018, they went 7-6. and six. They lost the Red Box Bowl. And then this past year, they went 7-6 and six again and won the Pinstripe Bowl, like I said, in New York City at Yankee Stadium. But this is where it got a little bad for D'Antonio towards the end of his career. Recruitment starting to leave. The Larry Nessa scandal with the sexual scandal, and everything that's playing out with Michigan State at that time, and that was a bad time for Michigan State and what was going on with their athletic department and their program, as well as the school as a whole. And falling in 2018 and last year, it's both 7-6 records identical, he still was able to make them bowl eligible. They won one and they lost one, giving him an overall record of six and five with Michigan State, one and zero oh with Cincinnati. Everybody felt that once he made the announcement after the season that he was going to stay as head coach and coach in 2020, a lot in a way was it kind of a good thing. All you Michigan Sparty fans out there, or would y'all thinking? Oh, man, this is not good, and he should just go ahead and retire. We had two bad losing seasons in a row, identical records after coming off a 10-3 and record. And then before that, we had just a, the worst record in school's history at 3-9. and I don't think it's a good idea for him to come back. And I guess he must have read all of y'all minds because uh, he decided to step down as head coach. But he's going to stay with the team in other areas with the athletic department. Don't know what it is, but he's going to stay with the team. Michigan State was ranked number one twice in his tenure as head coach back in 2011, and that's when they won the Outback Bowl, and in 2013 when they went 13-1, and one, and that's the biggest one of them all when they won the Rose Bowl. Overall, Mike D'Antonio, Started out as a great coach, one of the elites, still is to me as one of the elites. But at the tail end of his career, he just wasn't so elite anymore like he once was when he first started making turn for the organization, for the team, back in 2010. He started off slumply and slow, like I said, from 2000. Uh, uh, seven to 2009, but then he picked it up. Recruitment, class, you name it, everything was going right for the school, the athletic program, and then they started winning. Winning more than they could ever achieve to win. So, with the exception of the six and seven, and they went to the Alamo Bowl and lost that in 2009, that's because all your seniors went off to the NFL, major seniors is going to the NFL, so that's the only exception, you know, to what was going on with them during the time that they was making a big turnaround. But D'Antonio had some success there, like I said, and he just he just couldn't get it done at the end. 
Because like I said, at Michigan State, he had 171 games in as head coach of them. He was 114-57. and And then in the three years, Cincinnati, he had 35 games on his belt, and he won 18-17. He made his announcement on Tuesday, and he decided to call it a career, but stay, but will remain with the club in the other aspects of the athletic department. So, for you Sparty fans out there, most of you are glad that he stepped down and don't want to see him come back in the 2020 season. But some of you are still kind of saying to yourselves, man, you know, he made the announcement to come back. And now he just pulled the wool over everybody's eyes, took the money and ran. Don't know what type of deal that Michigan State president, let alone D'Antonio, had decided to do once he signed for all that money. So we don't know what the situation is with that. Will he or will he not have to pay some of that money back, all of that money back, if he decided to retire too early? Or they're saying, look, we're going to give you this money, pay you under the table, and then when the time is right, you go ahead and make the, reti- make the announcement that you're going to retire that way. You don't have to worry about rescinding all of some of that money back. So now for the Michigan State Spartans, they're back to the drawing board. they got to find them a new head coach. But with the defensive mind of Mark D'Antonio as a defensive head coach and was very successful, will they be looking for another coach that has defensive mentality like he did when he was the head coach of Michigan State? Or will they decide to go with the offensive head coach to see if they can bring about the caliber of the offense a little bit more? Because Michigan State offense last year and the year before in 2018 really wasn't all that great and all that impressive. It was the defense that stood out more than anything in those last two years, helping them get to these bowl games even though they were 7-6. and six. But with the exception of last year, you had teams like Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan, teams like that has been pretty consistent and have pretty big have have had pretty good records over Michigan State back in 18. But then as of 19, not really because the ones that was leading the pack in the Big Ten was the Ohio State and Wisconsin, and Penn State was kind of up there too a little bit. And Michigan fell off a little bit, started out strong with Jim Harbaugh, and we ain't going to talk about him, y'all. I think he should go too, but that's another story here or there. And Michigan State falling out of the picture too when they had a strong chance at the beginning to try to make some noise to win the Big Ten title. So good luck to Mark D'Antonio on his retirement, and we'll see what holds for Michigan State upcoming this 2020 season and which new head coach is going to be there to coach this team to get them back into the thick of things of the Big Ten title as well as making a big bowl game. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show with your host Sean Harris right here on Yellow Jacket Network. We'll be right back. That you all must learn. You may have seen the Pee-wee Herman, but it's had its turn. It's not a brand new dance. I know you're not with it. You might break your neck to really try to get it. If you see the clumsy you see it was called the jerk. You had to check out Steve Martin as he started to curse. He was doing freaky moves with his feet and head. This is Blue Pharmacy and his big bouquet. Now if you want to learn it, it really takes time. That's why I'm here now telling you this rhyme. And if you've never seen it, then I'll be starting my brand new funky dance. It's called the Steve Martin like this. Love you some Scoop Talk Show? Hey, I got the facts and the facts don't lie. You know that. I know that. Say what? You can now take the show anywhere. Just go to yellowjacketmedia.com. Click on the podcast and start listening today. The Scoop Talk Show each and every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. Hey, there's two sides to every story, and I'm aiming to get the scoop on it. And never listen to me. 
Hello, Sean Harris here, host of the Scoop Talk Show. Be sure to catch 215 Live right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. Hey, Kalamazoo, did you know there's a new smoke shop in town? Hey, I didn't either. But guess what it is? It's called Stay Glassy Smoke Shop. Located by Western Michigan University campus, Stay Glassy has everything that you need to provide you with your smoking needs. They have hookahs, vapes, glass pipes, CBDs, grinders, and e-liquids. Also, Stay Glassy has the best prices on their glass pipes, CBDs, and much, much more. They have a huge e-liquid sale while supplies last. Stay Glassy. You can follow them on their social media page for weekly deals at Facebook at Stay Glassy KZoo and also on Instagram at Stay Glassy KZoo. Stay Glassy Smoke Shop, located at 3645 West Michigan Avenue, Kalamazoo, Michigan, 49006. Go see Guri and the guys today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This segment of the Scoop Talk Show is brought to you by Jerry's Girls Organization. Turning over to the NFL, the Lions. Oh, those Lions. After finishing off with the record that they had last year, you, you know they're going to need a lot of help in this year's draft. You know that. They get the third overall pick in the draft, and... It looks like they got their eyes set on Tua from Alabama. After coming off the two surgeries on both ankles, the same type of surgeries on both ankles, and last year not being able to participate in their bowl game, the Lions still had their sights still high on a quarterback that can come in and back up Matthew Stafford because, after all, Matthew Stafford has been playing with a bad back for the last few years, and they had to shut him down because they had nothing to play for. They're out of the playoffs. They're out of the division race a long time ago. And the Lions desperately need someone to back up Stafford and protect him a little bit more better and save him for the future. So what better to do is to get a backup quarterback out of this out of this year's draft. But Tua's family a few days ago had mentioned that they didn't want their son playing for the Lions. So now that they retain Mark uh, now that they retain Bob Quinn as the GM, how should Bob Quinn feel about his family, Tua's family? saying that they don't want him playing in Detroit. Should he feel that that's a slap in the face to the Lions organization who wants him at the third pick? Or should Bob Quinn say, well, you know what? We don't want your son either. Since y'all don't want, us, don't want him to come play for us, we don't want to pick him. So was that a bad move that Bob Quinn could have said if he did say something like that? Would that... Uh, let other teams in the top five or top ten just say, hey, wait a minute. They don't want Tua? Tua's coming out in the, the third round? Maybe we need to move up and go after him. Well, then you got some teams that say, well, you know, you know what? We're fine where we're at. We just need, we're looking at other quarterbacks out of that class that we can really use and can develop and build up like a Patrick Mahomes to get us to a playoff or to get us a winning season, turn our season around to get a winning season or even get us all the way to the Super Bowl like Mahomes did in his first three years in the league. 
So the Lions really don't know what they want to do at this particular moment right now as we're approaching the NFL draft coming up very, very quickly. But we do know that here's how it's going to play out for the rest of the six teams that I can think of that's going to be participating in this year's draft. Joe Burrow, we all know, he wants to be a Bengal. He's from the Cincinnati area. He just came off winning a Heisman Trophy as well as a national championship with LSU. He want to go home. So the Bengals are going to select him without a shadow of a doubt at number one because they need a lot of help in that department. They need a, a fresh young quarterback who has running skills, running abilities, can be able to pass the ball accurately, can throw down the field, has great vision on the field, target his receivers, move the chains. Burrow got it all. He displayed that in the national championship game. And he is a perfect fit for the Cincinnati Bengals. Perfect fit. Number two, the Washington Redskins. Chase Young, great defensive end at Ohio State. The Redskins need a defensive guy like Chase Young to be able to do a lot of pass rushing, can be able to penetrate the line to help the defense control the line of scrimmage, as well as he can take out the running game just with his threat presence alone of being able to get inside this man to clog up them holes to keep runners from squeezing through, as well as he got the ability, like I said, as a pass rusher to get to the quarterback because he set a single-season record last year at 16-and-a-half sacks. That's how bad this young man is. And he can change the whole defensive front for coach, newly coached Ron Rivera because now he could go from a 4-3 to a 3-4 to get that added penetration on the defensive side of the football to push that offensive line back to get to the quarterback very fast and very easy. The Lions, like I said, they picked number three. And if it doesn't work out for Tua, then they got to go with the defense. The Lions got to go with the defense. And what better defensive player that they can get other than the fellow Ohio State Buckeye, Jeff Okuda. Jeff Okuda uh, might be the best cornerback in this draft class that the Lions can really use because Darius Slay and that secondary needs a lot of help. And with this young man coming over there and playing another cornerback position opposite side of Darius Slay, they can, add, they, they, they can really do some damage by coverage down the sidelines on slant patterns in the open middle of the field. They can be able to play over the top with him, up underneath with him, and he has great vision to see the ball and could be able to fight his wide receiver opponent to be able to make interceptions or back down balls that's coming in that direction. So I wouldn't be a bit surprised if, if quarterbacks in the league would try to challenge him this year. I mean, he has that type of ability like a Richard Sherman, but he's just younger. He's just younger. So the Lions, if they don't get Tua, they can get Jeff Okuda at number three. The Giants, after the announcement of Eli Manning's retirement, and their dismal debacle season last year in the NFC East. They're looking at an offensive lineman. They need an offensive lineman. So they're going to pick, without a shadow of a doubt, unless some things change between now and the draft. They got their eyes set on Jedrick Willis Jr., offensive tackle out of Alabama. He's about 6'5", 320. And... He could be the perfect fit that the G-men need to upgrade the blocking in front of the quarterback, Daniel Jones, who is now officially the took over for Eli Manning as the, the man in G-Town. And, Sha- and Shaquan Barkley, 
can also be protected when he runs into that side of the field. He can open up holes for Shaquan Barkley so that Shaquan Barkley do not have to bounce to the outside off the defensive ends trying to beat their man to get to him. This young man, Jedrick Willis Jr., can make a lot of things happen in that backfield and also provide adequate protection for Daniel Jones to give Daniel Jones enough time when he in that drop back step to get the ball out the way he needs to get the ball out and not being rushed to get the ball out. And then there you have interceptions or incompletions or overthrows and things of that nature. So that would be a great selection for the New York Giants. Miami Dolphins, they at number five. Now the Miami Dolphins can get to her. It's a possibility they can get to her. Tua is a Miami native. I think that he would rather play in Miami. The Dolphins did pretty good in the AFC East uh, last year, but not good enough to combat with Tom Brady and the Patriots for the crown. But if they decide to select Tua over there, then Tua will be playing backup. He's not going to start right away because they're looking at those his surgically repaired ankle and his surgically repaired hip, you know, that he suffered in November. And they want to save him and probably let him play next season to start next season if they don't need him this season. His season will be just to analyze, shadow, and just look at the other quarterbacks and just see how the organization run their operations with their plays on the offensive side of the football pertaining at the quarterback position and where else is needed for him to pay attention to. So I don't look for Tua to be starting this year if he do get selected by Miami because if Fitzpatrick return, that might mean that Tua will be sitting out even though he's going to be the backup, but he's not going to play none next season. Only if Fitzpatrick gets hurt. That's if Fitzpatrick comes back. And then finally, you have the Los Angeles Chargers. Of course, Phillip Rivers, his situation, he may not be there. He may be there. He may not be there. We don't know. But chances are he's not because from what I understand, they parted ways with him. So they're in desperate need of a quarterback. And what better way to find that quarterback is to stay on the West Coast, Justin Herbert, is a great fit, I think, for the Los Angeles Chargers. They're going to be in a new stadium and this coming up season. And it's going to be everything going good for that organization. So he will make a great fit for the Chargers. And there's talks about him might have to, if he do get selected, he will not start right away because of the speculations of Tom Brady. If he doesn't come back to New England, there's a possibility he might go there. But I think that if they continue to develop this kid into their system, regardless who come there, he could be a really good quarterback over time for the Chargers as opposed to right now placing them in there right now. And even say, let's say Tom Brady do go over there. Okay, Tom Brady is one of the best quarterbacks that he can learn from. Unlike Big Bear Roethlisberger, who did not want to work with the quarterback that was drafted for them a few years back, but he ended up working with him anyway because he got hurt and he had and the young kid had to start anyway. But if Tom Brady do go over there, yeah, that's one of the best that he can learn from. A six-time champion, Super Bowl champion at that, and. He has accolades, and his pedigree is strong in the NFL. He's a veteran, established veteran, and that's something that uh, Justin Herbert can really use if, if Tom Brady go there just for one year. He'll be ready. He'll be ready. So Justin Herbert, I feel, is the selection for the Los Angeles Chargers, without a shadow of a doubt, Chrysler, everybody is looking at that too. 
So those are my picks uh, of, of what's going down with these teams in, in the uh, upcoming NFL draft. But the Lions, like I said, the Lions need a lot of – a lot of help in a lot of areas. The secondary, the middle linebackers, the running game, quarterback, offensive line, um, both sides of the football, they're going to need a lot of help. And if, and if they don't find out what they want to do but now that Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia has been retained as the GM and the head coach, if this season goes the way it did last season, I don't think that they want to feel the wrath of the Lions fans in Detroit. They might as well just start packing and just say, look, we quit. We're resigning. Forget tear up the contract. We're done. Because the fans are saying they want them to go. Martha Ford said, nope, I'm going to go ahead and keep them and, and give them another chance, particularly Matt Patricia, give them another chance because everybody treated him unfairly per se. But they ain't nobody treated him unfairly. He just don't have it in him to be a coach in the NFL. He don't. But we're going to see what's going to happen with the Lions this coming season, starting with spring uh, uh, football and leading all the way up to the, the preseason, leading all the way up to the regular season. Because last year in preseason, Lions looked the marvelous. I had Bush Davis on the show. We talked about that. And... The Lions looked pretty good in the preseason, but that's the problem. It's just preseason. The regular season, what matters, going, you know, to, to establish yourself to win against teams in your own conference as well as have a successful road record in conjunction, combine those two together, a healthy core of players that you need to stay healthy on both sides of the football that can push you into a playoff position, let alone get you into the playoffs, and then you can go further from there to see how far you get. First round, second round, which is division, championship round, which is third, and possibly the Super Bowl, which is the fourth round. So we're going to see what's going to happen with the Lions. And, we, and I'm going to stay on top of it by going, y'all can go to yellowjacketmedia.com. I'm going to be writing articles about this coming up season about the Lions and what they're preparing to do, starting with spring football all the way to regular season. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show right here with your host, Sean Harris. We'll be so right back. you're a philosopher? Yes. everyone and welcome back. This segment of the Scoop Talk Show is brought to you by OMG Suites. For those of you who are just tuning in and you listen to part of the Scoop Talk Show, be sure to catch the Scoop Talk Show 
in its entirety on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn app, iTunes, and any other streaming apps that the school podcast is on. Turn it over to the NBA, the association. As of the last few days, the Pistons are coming up on the trade deadline. And everybody knows that right now, the way Derrick Rose has been playing, he is the most compatible Piston to be traded, along with Andre Drummond. But apparently both of those two players will probably be sticking with the organization for the rest of the year because now a lot of teams have has turned their sights on Luke Kennard, which I, for the life of me, I don't even understand why. Why is everybody is so interested in this young man? And the, the Pistons, in my opinion, would be so stupid to let him go because he has such a bright future there. And he could do a lot of things standing in the Motor City versus going somewhere else. And the Phoenix Suns are the ones that are interested in Luke Kennard. Because they're saying that they will send Kennard to the Suns for a first-round pick and a possibly two young point guards in Eli Okobo and Javara Carter. Now that sounds pretty good, because the Pistons, you know, they can use a first-round draft pick. But I don't know. I mean, you would think of something like that for Rose, not for Luke Kennard. Rose is playing outstanding in the last month, averaging over 20 points a game, averaging over five assists a game with a couple of steals. I'm not saying he's playing out of his mind, but you can see some of the old Derrick Rose from when he first was with Chicago out there. And Kennard is only 23 years old. He got 10 tendonitis in both knees. He missed 22 consecutive games. So he's looking to make his return after the All-Star break, which is Valentine's Day. So for the life of me, I don't understand why they want Luke Kennard when you got Derrick Rose. Even the Knicks had expressed interest in Kennard as well. But they haven't really specified on what they would be willing to give up for Kennard. And like I said, Andre Drummond is sitting there in the Motor City, which he clearly states that that's where he want to end his career at, but still, he's a high commodity for teams looking for a big man right now. And then you got Derrick Rose, who was playing like the old Derrick Rose from his early days of with the Chicago Bulls, a rejuvenated Derrick Rose, and nobody wants him. Nobody. But you got a young 23-year-old kid who was drafted 12th overall in the NBA draft, that at least two teams won. You got the Phoenix Suns and the New York Knickerbockers. So, and he's still sitting on the sidelines waiting to return after Valentine's Day, after the All-Star break. So, We'll just have to wait and see with this trade deadline whether or not they're still going to make moves because if the Pistons don't make moves to get what they need right now and they got two commodity valued players just sitting there and you just you give up this young man and keep them, you're going to make a lot of Piston fans very, very angry. Not to say Kennard is not a good player, but... 
you know, you got two other players that's ready for you to make their marks with their new teams that they decided to get traded to those teams of choice that picks them up or that the Pistons make a deal with. And chances are they're not going to go anywhere. They're going to stay right in the Motor City uniform. And Kennard could be the one that's gone. So we'll keep up with that story as well as other stories that we have on Yellow Jacket Network and the Scoop Talk Show because I will be writing articles keeping up with that story as well. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show with your host, Sean Harris. We'll be right back. Talk show each and every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. Hey, there's two sides to every story, and I'm aiming to get the scoop on it. And never before. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. To continue on with the honor of Black History Month, we're going to turn to the Major League Baseball. This segment of the Scoop Talk Show is brought to you by Stay Glassy Smoke Shops and WMU. Go Broncos. We're going to have a Tiger inducted into the Negro Hall of Fame. Yes, at the museum. Ozzy Virgil. For some of y'all who don't know Ozzy Virgil, he played for nine years in the major leagues in both the American and National, four with the AL, five with the seniors. And three of those nine years, he played with the Detroit Stars. Yes, the Detroit Stars, who is honored every year, and I've been to a couple of them, Wonderful, wonderful event at Tiger Stadium where they honor all the Negro League players of the early days and the surviving ones that are still around every single year in July. Ozzie Virgil played, like I said, three years with Detroit Stars. He had 131 games under his belt. He averaged 374. With 36 runs, 81 hits, 14 doubles, 4 triples, 7 home runs, and 33 RBIs. To go along with 2 stolen bases in his career with the Stars. Phenomenal player. Got a chance to see what he could do. Highlight was wonderful. His highlight films are wonderful. He played 3 positions. He played third base, catcher, and outfielder. His career average is 231 with 73 RBIs and 14 home runs. That's his career. The numbers that he wore throughout his career, he wore 17, 22, 8, 16, 4, 34, 28, 40, and 33 throughout his career with all nine teams that he played for. And that's wonderful to see a Tiger, despite all what happened last year, I'm finally glad to say that there's some good news for the Detroit Tigers organization that they're finally going to get one of their own in the Negro League Baseball Museum. The Stars were the, among the eight founding Negro League teams dated way back in the 1920s. And they're represented by a photo jersey and bat used by none other than Norman Thomas Turkey Stearns from 1923 to 1941. He played 11 of his 19 seasons in Detroit and was elected to the Baseball's Hall of Fame in 2000. He was the Detroit Stars outfielder from 1923 to 1931 and again returning back to the team from 1933 to 1937. And Ozzie Virgil will join him as well side by side as 
another member of the Detroit Stars to go into the Negro League Baseball Museum. So congratulations to Ozzie Virgil and Turkey Stearns for all their contributions and all of the Negro League players, including my good friend Pedro Sierra, who also is one of the surviving members of the Negro League players that are still left alive today. Because if it wasn't for them breaking barriers, yeah, everybody want to say Jackie Robinson was the first to do it, but there was players before Jackie Robinson that wanted to get into the to leave the Negro Leagues and get into the Major League Baseball to play amongst the whites, but just couldn't. Jackie had got lucky to be one of the ones that they was interested in along with who? Satchel Page. Let's not forget Satchel Page. He was also one of the founding members who broke ground for blacks at that time to get to the baseball league level to play amongst the whites. So once again, my congratulations are in order for all of these players, past and present, as well as Hispanic players as well, to be part of this Negro League Baseball Museum because you're talking a lot of players that has been forgotten about or has never been heard of before, which is approximately about 4,000. You only know the main names because that's what they talk about. But Ozzy Virgil was one of those players that either was forgotten about or nobody never really knew of him. And now he has made it into the Negro League Baseball Museum to join my main man, Turkey Stearns, of the Detroit Stars. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show with your host, Sean Harris, right here on Yellow Jacket Network. We'll be right back. Well, that's all the time I have for today's show. Thank you so much for turn, tuning in and listening to the Scoop Talk Show with your host, Sean Harris, right here on Yellow Jacket Network. I'd like to thank all my sponsors who helped make this show possible. I would like to thank WMU Go Broncos, Stay Glassy Smoke Shop. I would like to thank OMG Suites. I would like to thank Residence Inn, Kalamazoo, Marriott. I would like to thank my newest sponsor, Jerry's Girls Organization. And also, I would like to thank you, the fans, for tuning in. Be sure to check out the Scoops Talk Show each and every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. on the East Coast, 12 noon on the West Coast, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Yellow Jacket Network, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you streamline your apps to listen to the Scoop Talk Show. I'm out of here like the breeze through the trees. When I'm going, I'm taking all the leaves. Peace. Take care of one another. See you next time.